0: is a murder. And today, Robert and I is... is
1: I'm ghetto. Robert and <laughs> I... <laughs> Often, like we were just talking about, Asia, Asians, is such a wide, wide, wide group. An
0: update on Asian American Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month.
1: For the rest of this uh, episode, this man discovered places that were inhabited. He discovered them for a country that did not know they existed. He did not discover them out of thin air. You know?
0: Uh, Keep up with the growing population in Hawaii. They are struggling and they have been struggling for such a long time. And it's a lot due to people traveling there. Stop that.
1: Oh. <laughs> Kelly hey so quick on what's that up one. everyone <laughs>
0: it's me battle and i'm just one of four for bra is a murder and today robert and i is is i'm ghetto robert and <laughs> I'm...
1: <laughs> this is bra is a murder after dark
2: it's <laughs> a, a murder,
0: murder. That's a really so <laughs> typically give you true crime cases of color and some bomb ass music at the end. However, today's episode is going to be a little different and your two uh,
2: what do they call it? Dumbholes?
0: No. The two Asians in the group are (laughs) going (laughs) to give an update on Asian American Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Also known as AANHPI heritage month you got it the first try thank you so the month was created in 1977 and when it started it started out as an annual week-long celebration to commemorate the immigration of the first japanese immigrant to the united states and the completion of the transcontinental railroad which was constructed mainly by chinese immigrants Eventually, though, it was made an entire month. While this month has been around since the 70s, many in the community are still unsure if grouping so many people together is the right way to celebrate different heritage, heritages, heritages.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: uh, yeah, Yeah.
0: Different heritages in the United States. While you may be wondering, while Robert and I are the only ones giving this. If you didn't listen earlier, it's because I happen to be half black and half Filipino. Robert, what are you? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you look you look very ethnic.
2: You look so white. exotic.
1: Wow. I'm white and Asian, specifically Japanese. I am what you call Sansei or Nikijin, which is uh, I'm third generation Japanese, so my grandmother is from Japan. So, we've been in the US for a couple generations.
0: My mom's from the Philippines, just so everyone knows. Mm-hmm. A little place called Pangasinan.
1: My was... grandmother's from Fukugawa. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: So, for starters, there have been many people in the Asian community that have been key in developing the United States. For example, Dr. Chen Shin Wu played a monumental role in developing the in the developing field of atomic science specifically the manhattan project another monumental person to mention is larry lit a filipino immigrant who was an individual that worked picking vegetables in california and he also organized a filipino farm labor union for the better treatment of filipino farm workers he was so influential that in 1965 him and some colleagues organized the Delano Grape Strike, which Delano is very close to where I grew up, and the strike was where 1,500 Filipino grape grape pickers walked out on their jobs, demanding higher wages and better working condi- conditions. Eventually, he worked close closely with Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez, and was key in forming the United Farmer farm workers. As a California native, I've seen many people of color working out in fields at a really young age to provide for their families. Agriculture from where I'm from, especially Delano, is a very big thing, and that's what we're known for. And for a long time, and still now, there are people out there picking food for us to eat. And for that, I thank them.
2: Has the demographic shifted?
0: There are a lot of Spanish people, or excuse me, not spanish people hispanic people that pick vegetables and fruits and things however there's there's still an asian population that picks fruits and vegetables and by the way there are many people that we could mention today and obviously because of time we won't however today robert is going to cover something that revolves around hawaii right
1: Mm -hmm. yep Cool. Often, like we were just talking about, Asia, Asians, is such a wide, wide, wide group. So the inclusion of NH into AAPI, so AANHPI, is specifically about native Hawaiian people. Um, So we are going to take a uh, historical case from Hawaii, specifically when Hawaii was founded by Western settlers, or explorers, I should say. Rather, When
2: When they brought in all the leprosy.
1: So, specifically gonorrhea, but yes. Um, um, I was joking. Yeah, I was right. (laughs) Were the first diseases brought in by Westerners there, unfortunately. So, uh, the key figure we're going to be talking about today is James Cook. James Cook was a quote unquote sailor explorer from Britain. Uh, Others described him as a pirate. So, he had three primary expeditions that went from between 1768 and 1779. So this is you know after the US was first starting to get settled by the French and British, um, and they began to kind of explore around the world and into the Pacific, which is where James Cook made most of his discoveries. James Cook uh, also, uh, and again, we're gonna put big air quotes around discoveries for the rest of this uh, episode. This man discovered places that were inhabited he discovered them for a country that did not know they existed. He did not discover them out of thin air, you know. The Polynesian people have been in Hawaii since like the 1100s. So for hundreds of years they existed, and to great success did they exist in that area. But in 1779, Cook came uh, just by happenstance across Kela Kekua Bay, which is part of the big island of Hawaii. So. He arrived at the front of the the front of the year during a period that's called Makahiki, which is a celebration of harvest. And when he arrived, he was met with hospitality from the people that lived in Kalekua Bay. Also, I apologize if I mispronounce Hawaiian names and places. I'm trying my hardest. I did so much practice before this, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, names it. I'm super familiar with. So he arrived in Kilakue Bay during Makahiki, and he was greeted with a lot of hospitality from the native Hawaiian people. They resupplied their ships. They gave them gifts of like food and companionship. And there's not a lot of explanation around if they in return gave them anything. Was this a mutual exchange? Were these just gifts that they accepted? And while they were staying in that place for about two weeks, they passed on many venereal diseases to the local people, uh, which is actually a story that was very common for Captain Cook, And his crew, as they kind of explored throughout the Pacific, they would stop on islands, take what they wanted, leave behind disease, and, you know, cartographically record the islands and move on.
2: They just a bunch of sea rats. A bunch of plague sea rats.
1: Yes. Also, Captain Cook is, like, credited often with being a good sailor because he, like, kept his crew from getting scurvy. Um, But he was also almost entirely reliant on running into communities that would resupply his ships.
0: So you that can't... means everyone, he was a piece of shit.
2: Yeah, it means he, <laughs> it means he was a dirty pirate. A Aren't dirty, you glad pirate. that
1: you were in the Pacific and people were li- willing to give you free citrus so that you didn't get scurvy? Yeah, good <laughs> good job. So uh, he, while he was there, he met with like community leaders, specifically on Ali Inui which uh, is like a chief, a head chief of an area. Um, sometimes it's referred to as king, um, but their official title is Ali'i Nui. Uh, and this Ali'i Nui was uh, Kalani Opo'u. Uh, and they, when they left, they left on good terms. They had received these gifts during the celebration of Mahiki. And after they had left, they hit a storm, they had damages to their ship, and they returned to Ka'elakua Bay. Um, and after they came back there was a noticeable tension between the two groups of you know we already gave you all of these gifts of like food and we resupplied you and you left and then you came back and now you're asking for us to help repair
2: your ships this is kind of strange after you gave all of us gonorrhea like yes
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there was also conflict because allegedly this was a very long time ago our records aren't great members of the hawaiian group took supplies of some sort. Sometimes it's described as just raw supplies. Sometimes it's described as a small boat from Captain Cook's crew. And this has actually happened many times to them throughout the Pacific. They'll go somewhere and as they're resupplying, local people will take stuff from their supplies. Some people would describe that as an exchange. They responded to this typically with violence. And what they would do is an overwhelming show of violence or power so that those people would give them back those things and they could go along on their way. Um, so there are uh, historical cases of Captain Cook's crew whipping people, cutting off ears, or ransoming someone. So taking a political figure and saying, we are not giving you back your important person until you give us back our stuff. So they attempted to do that to the king, uh, Kalani Opo'u, um, but the Hawaiian people easily overpowered them. they attempted to uh, kidnap their king and they immediately uh, responded with violence and killed uh, the kind of landing party that attempted to do this and Captain Cook.
2: Hey, don't start no
1: shit. The OG,
4: fuck around and find (laughs) out.
1: So he vastly overestimated his crew's ability to intimidate the Hawaiian people in this area. So this altercation where Captain Cook, he ends up dying his body he was cremated by the Hawaiian people as a show of respect for like a fallen combatant and they returned I believe nine pounds of ashes to his crew to do with what they will they did maintain some of his bones for their uh, cultural significance or power Um, so his crew would go on to then uh, throw his remains into the ocean to send him to the deep or whatever sailors do and then they just kind of fucked off back to Britain. But that initial reaction of we showed up at this place, it was paradise, it was perfect, all these people living in you know, a wonderful lifestyle, um, we took what we could and left, is what we see, especially from Captain Cook's crew, all throughout the Pacific. They also made note that their, the language between the Tahiti, people of Tahiti and Hawaii were so similar that they were dumbfounded that that could be such a thing because they were so far apart. Uh, And that is because Polynesian people have been navigating the Pacific for thousands of years. And they can travel from Tahiti to Hawaii, um, but that seemed impossible to the sailors at the time. One aspect of this story, you might have noticed that we're kind of using vague details. A lot of the story is taken from one of two perspectives. One, the European perspective, of, you know, this great explorer was killed by savages, and the other where you have Native Hawaiian people who are describing this conflict with people they didn't know or understand who are trying to take things from them. And the American writer Mark Twain has a really good quote in his book Roughing It, where he travels to Hawaii and he described his death as justifiable homicide. That yes, he was murdered for sure, and murder is bad, but also and... This, this man represented a lot of invading forces that were to come to Hawaii. That the kind of raping and pillaging not only of the people but also of the land, this was just the beginning. That this uh, approach to foreign relations was not unwarranted by this group. And, you know, the U.S. This annexation of the state of Hawaii, or, I mean, Kingdom of Hawaii, I guess I should say, is heavily debated. And you know I do not have the background in that community to be able to speak to it in an intelligent way, but I do know that there are people today who are still working to work back to a place of Hawaiian independence. Whether or not that is appropriate action, I will leave to that community to discuss. That's not my place to say, but that is oh, also kind of a fun aspect of this case is that word of Captain Cook Death got back to England before his crew.
3: And now a short commercial break.
1: So the like true crime press in England went crazy with this story and exaggerated details and were putting out oil paintings of his final battle before the crew could even come back and be like, oh yeah, I was there. This is how it went down. And a lot of his writings and things describing his journey have been lost and redacted and changed over time to better reflect the narrative that, you know, Captain Cook was some great explorer and not someone who was, you know, raping and pillaging across the Pacific And I will end it on a quote directly from one of Cook's um, diaries where he was describing the place of New Holland, which is now Australia. Um, From what I have said of the natives of New Holland, they may appear to some to be the most wretched people upon earth, but in reality, they are far happier than we Europeans, being wholly unacquainted, not only with the superfluous, but the necessary conveniences so much sought after in Europe. They are happy in not knowing the use of them, which I think kind of speaks to this idea that these were like civilizing forces throughout the Pacific. They were bringing technology and modern culture to these people. These people had an established culture that worked amazingly well in their community. The ability to navigate the Pacific before the use of you know modern sailing for
2: the time yeah like it was dry. Uh, they had what like what do they call like pontoon no no not pontoon boats but they had like small boats they were using to get around like <laughs> yeah and it was like a
1: well-structured society i'm not going to say it was like free from conflict obviously there were still wars throughout polynesia and things like yeah. that it just goes to say that even the explorers who found this place to civilize it recognized um, their way of life is better than ours in many ways And that, I think, is important to keep in mind when you hear someone tell a story about, oh, well, Cortez was revered as a god when he came to South America. Or, I mean, there's even people who say that about Captain Cook when he came to Hawaii, that he was revered as a god. That is quite up for debate. And I don't believe that that was the case. But I'm also not a historian. (laughs) But yeah, he fucked around. He found out that him and his, you know, Western weapons could not contend with the the pride of the Hawaiian people. I just can't imagine, like, going to an entire friggin' island with my tiny little boat and thinking I'm gonna, like, overpower this, like, yeah. whole— not even, like, community, I don't know, like, its own country, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like— yeah. And also, I'm not even gonna, like, kidnap, like, someone, like, a priest or something. No, I'm going to your king, your greatest power, and I'm gonna say, give us back our our boat or our tools or whatever you took after After stealing shit
2: yeah after i just asked your neighbors for some oranges because my whole crew's dying (laughs) so yeah
1: also the maori people in new zealand uh also contend with this legacy of captain cook discovering their island um, and he is still celebrated in parts of Hawaii, he's still celebrated in New Zealand and Australia, and obviously in Britain. For some reason, he is taught in the United States. And again, like Christopher Columbus, this is not, in my opinion, a figure to revere. He was not a civilizing force. He spread venereal disease and was a cartographer. That's about it. And Colonizer's if you gonna colonize, mm-hmm.
0: speaking of colonization, what, how I want to end this is to talk a little bit more about. Native Hawaiians and what they are going through because of how colonization happened in Hawaii. So over the last few months, I've really wanted to go to Hawaii and or maybe eventually buy property there. However, I started to look into it more and become a little bit more educated about Hawaii. And that's not a place that I will ever think of purchasing property anymore that's not a place that i don't know if i truly feel comfortable yet even visiting just because they are dealing with over tourism over the last year once covid kind of or once we started pretending covid went away fully (laughs) they have experienced over tourism where they are getting bombarded by a bunch of people from the mainlands going there and not respecting their lands, desecrating burial grounds, things like that. Corporations have come in like target and they pretty much desecrated a cultural like site graveyards of native Hawaiians. However, however grave sites of other people that are not Hawaiian were remain untouched. This is an issue. This is something that is hurting Native Hawaiian people. It's so bad that they are redirecting water sources. There's an issue with water and other crucial resources to keep up with the growing population in Hawaii. They are struggling, and they have been struggling for such a long time. And it's a lot due to people traveling there. Because it's a lot due to people tra- traveling to Hawaii thinking like, oh, look, it's TikTok. TikTok is showing me this. Let me go here. Let me trample on all these, all these like, different cultural sites and not clean up after myself. Let me pollute stuff. Let me take sand back, rock back. Let me destroy ecosystems because of one
2: post. Uh, look at Jennifer Lawrence. and She like ruined a whole burial site. But you remember that a couple years ago? Yeah, like
1: scratching her butt on something. Yeah,
2: That's it was terrible. when she was she no. was filming a second Hunger Games movie. She like used a rock to scratch her ass with, and then a rock rolled down the hill, almost hit some people, and then like ruined a whole like uh, burial site. And she was like on the I forget what TV show she was on, was, like a talk show. But he's like telling a story and laughing about it, and then of course got dragged on Twitter afterwards. So it was like you <laughs> just ruined something culturally significant. Mm-hmm. but scratching grass terrible
0: but to go back not only are tourists going in they are going in and doing things like this there's also this harmful trope of hypersexualizing hula girls which is a terrible thing to do one we shouldn't hyper we shouldn't hypersexualize or oversexualize anyone but also there's an issue in our society where we oversexualize women and there are different conversations we could have about it, but we shouldn't do it. Not only that, it is making, over is making it impossible for Native Hawaiians to actually live where they have the right to live. Yes, it's a state. However, the state hasn't been taken care of by the government. There are multiple native hawaiians that cannot afford to live there so what do they have to do they have to leave hawaii and come to mainlands to actually be able to live because it's gotten so expensive to where you know small little houses one bedroom two bedroom houses with a bathroom cost millions of dollars it is not attainable for a lot of people so another thing that people are doing and i'm sorry i'm going off on a tangent but i think it's important people are going and touring being a tourist there without educating themselves about the culture yes it's again a territory or a state however there are different ways to be an american and they have a whole culture that is being completely wiped out languages that are dying out because tourists go there and don't want to learn anything about it before they go go there um So I'll end it with this. If you're thinking about going to Hawaii, educate yourself, respect where you're going, respect the culture. Don't expect to be over there and be a fucking Karen thinking that you're gonna get your way when you're there, no. And if you want to educate yourself more, there are a lot of different influencers on the internet, TikTok, Instagram, that are trying to educate people before they go or talk people out of going there. There's a place that you can follow on Instagram called In Hate in Hawaii. Hawaii. There's also another person that I follow. Her name is. I'm gonna mess up her name, but I've been trying to practice it. Mele my Maika, my Kalani Makalupua, and we'll put that in the show notes. We'll actually tag her in it. And I'm sorry if she does yes. listen to this part. Sorry. I mean, at least but, you're trying your best. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you can follow her and. From her page, you she has different stories that are saved that you can look at to educate yourself fully on what it means to be Hawaiian and to travel there and what a, Hawaii, a Hawaiian vacation contributes to when you go there because it's a lot and it's a lot to consider and it's a lot to respect and to learn. So I hope you enjoyed this short mini-sode on a a n h p i
2: don't be a captain cook
0: don't be a captain cook
2: yeah. or and also don't be like ezra miller and go to hawaii and just <sighs> find a bunch of people that's bad <laughs> yes. yes yeah but yeah no thank you battle on robert for uh giving us some education
1: yeah well and also this was a big education for me because obviously we're all from different like asian communities and AANHIP is like such a huge term. So know. broad. I know so very little about like Polynesian people and like Native Hawaiian struggles and issues. You know, yeah, I, I didn't even change the name. Like,
0: yeah.
1: While I was in Japan, I had tons of Hawaiian friends because there's lots of people who in Hawaii, they have very good Japanese language programs. So, like, if you do study abroad or something, you're going to run into lots of like, Hawaiian people oh, wow. and they talk about all the time like I am I feel so good and I love Hawaii but then I go to the mainland and I, I suddenly get all of this like stigma and things attached to me for being Asian that I've never experienced before like I had uh, male friends who talked about like I had never felt emasculated being Asian until I went to the mainland and then there was all these stigmas associated with me that I just never experienced being in Hawaii and little things like that are just like very eye-opening in Uh, sad ways in some ways, but like important to understanding, like if I am going to consider myself Asian American and part of this community, I want to know all of those stories that I'm not always exposed Mm -hmm. to.
0: For me, I almost feel like I don't know if I necessarily agree with the month only because I think it tokenizes Asian communities and Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's your month. So you must be really smart or you must must be really rich or you must be good at math. And it's and i think because it's although it's been a month for a very long since the 70s really or the late 70s early 80s it's a lot different to how i view black history month because i think black history month is talked about a lot more so this tokenizing of black people doesn't happen as much as i see it happen during the month of may for a I, I think there's a lot of tokenization that happens that I feel uncomfortable with, and there's a lot of tropes tropes that happen that I feel uncomfortable with. But there's so like, like, just like more person. of
2: the uh, sterile types that like, get highlighted than anything.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. versus and that obsession
2: with East Asian being yes. all
1: of Asia. Yes. Because
0: yes. mm-hmm. little known fact, with some people, Indian people are Asian mm-hmm. and. A lot of times they are removed from that and when you say like oh yeah they're asian people would bat an eye and be like what no they're not we're yeah. it's the east asian that are
1: so, so what asian. do you think they are then
0: yeah <laughs> or so. even
1: people in parts of russia are asian yes mm-hmm. um i think a good if you are an asian person asian like in that AA NHIP group a, a good challenge for you this month is to think about how we can better educate ourselves about the broader group mm-hmm. And address issues of racism within our own communities, yes. because um, I will tell you right now, Japanese community, incredibly racist. Living well, in Filipino Japan,
0: community? same way.
1: The amount of xenophobia and racism has to be addressed, um, and we we gain nothing by not making that a part of the work that we do during our month. Um, so please think about that kind of thing, especially when you are with your family that is where those those changes start is from on the one-on-one, those personal conversations you can't be having.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's important, you know, for especially people of color to recognize and uplift <laughs> others when it comes to, like, having their flowers and their months. And that's why I was like, all right, maybe we should have an episode on this because, like, I, we want their same respect back and to have people, you know, want to be allies to us and our causes, we also have to be allies to other people in mm-hmm. your causes and just yeah. show that solidarity. You know, or just you know, yeah. Absolutely. Be all woo-woo about everything. <laughs> but no, this is this episode. Uh thank you again, Daldo on Robert. Very educational, very good. Uh don't be a Captain Hook or an Ezra Miller. Kiss it from the homies. <laughs> Kiss it. <laughs> Now, a message from our sponsors.
4: Yeah. hours peaking super saying power making dough in my tower kitchen got a lot of flour just got out my cold shower peck a big bowl of sour smug my own brand of flour look down and wave to all the doubters hello bitch (laughs) if you think you've got advice for me keep it to yourself these bitches all think they so tight with me shit Tell me what you did and I'm not talking about 50k likes on your pick, bitch. Y'all stay stressed about exterior hot girl, but her brain's inferior. Woke bitch, with my heart superior. Flow sick, ill than them bacteria serious. I kill it that song, period. And I'm doing it prettier. Ooh. Really though, y'all stay silly though. I can never die, gotta live. You know I'ma kill it See me in my swag, they gon' try to steal it Make a hundred bands when I write a lyric Love to all my fans, shout out to my critics yeah.